Did somebody, did somebody break your heart? Looking like an angel, but you're savage, love. When you kiss me, I know you don't get two fucks. But I still want that. You're savage, love. Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Reports Film Podcast. It's your weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your favorite minorities are reporting for duty. My name is Shama, and as always, here with me, the Raul Navedo. What's up? And our producer, Dre. What's up? Am I the only one that when I hear that song, thinks that he's like, you know, like, trying to like make a, t- a wild tiger his pet, you know, and the tiger is just, like, attacking him, and he's just like, you know, like, I just want to love you. Yeah, no, wow. that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I picture, like, there's a wild animal, he, like, really wants to, like, so steaming, have as his no, 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 a tiger. You've got, it, you've got it, yeah, no. No? <laughs> no. 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 What's the song about? I'm not getting it. The song is about him wanting to love a woman. But um, her love is is savage, and she doesn't want intimacy. And he's wondering, did somebody hurt you? Did somebody break your heart? Because when you kiss me, I can tell you don't give up. But, like, you can also translate that to, like, you know, like, wild animals are being hunted and poachers and stuff, you know, and it's just like somebody's hurting them. And she's like, no, I just, I, I just want to take care of you. That's a reach. <laughs> That's a, this is great. Like, how did you no, think of it? Like, oh no. my gosh! Anyways, why did we, we played that song because TikTok. TikTok. It's a salute to TikTok. By the way, there's an entire playlist on Spotify right now called TikTok Hits. Wow! So if you're feeling nostalgic and sad and you need to mourn, there's a whole playlist for you. Whole playlist. You know, there's a lot of people who got their start on TikTok. Mm. On another note, how's your book? Oh, yeah. I'm reading uh, Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. Gosh, what a title. (laughs) It's a brutal book. Yeah. Um, And I'm learning so much about, you know, apartheid in South Africa. And just, like, I I feel like we have a general understanding of, like, not even understanding, just a general bit of knowledge about apartheid, but, like, not enough. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even, I knew there was stuff going on in South Africa that kind of paralleled stuff that happened in the U.S. I had no idea how recent it was, and yeah. I did not know the details. I think I, I think it's it, it's something that should, you know, along with American, accurate American history, it's something that we should teach in, the, in school systems here. Why? Because it shows that history proves that people in power often abuse it. Exactly. And so we need to remember history and understand you, the U.S. is not an exception to this. It, yeah. it, it, it happened, it's happened in many places around the world over history, and we need to know that this is something that needs to be kept in check. It doesn't need to be a personal attack. I yes, it's not a personal yeah. attack. It's say this happened. Yeah. And we have to learn from yes, it. Yes, we Just need to learn from it. We need to, we need to make sure that like, we are keeping checks and balances to make sure this doesn't happen again. Hmm? Yeah. To go back and look through like uh, several revolutions that happened through the 20th century, coup d'etats uh, in, in lots of countries, and um, uh, turmoils in, in several places, you will find that things are repeating themselves. Even if it, if it mm-hmm. power, racism, 
social uh, social uh, balance everything happening repeating itself it depends on the country depends on the culture even in in highly developed countries so if we are not learning from the mistakes of others nothing nothing is worth it so i, I believe this is the point that we should teach everyone learn from the mistakes of the others yeah 100% you been reading that yeah i finished Mary, the sequel to bird box the netflix movie like i got the, I, I got the book. yeah i will bring it to you good um, it's good it's not what i expected but uh, i like the premise i like uh, how they uh, how they took the story to another level after 12 years from from what we saw in bird box i started um, another arabic novel from one of the highly grossing um, uh, novelists in, and authors in uh, in the arab world in the middle east it's called well of bats um it's really good like um i it was just like released four days ago and i just started it um it's a good one that's what i was reading recently uh also had my wife's birthday on saturday oh yeah and uh happy birthday to maggie happy birthday maggie and as you guys apparently know we are big disney fans so this birthday was like she was thinking about everything about the disney's orange bird um, I was trying to find her like the orange bird zipper cup, the orange bird the utensils uh, holder, and I found them, and she was so happy with them, and it was a lovely birthday. Uh, I was trying to make a birthday cake for her that has uh, Hamilton on it, but because of copyrights, I didn't find a place that will have it fast. So we made one. Why didn't you reach out to me? I know. I know somebody. I, the I, same person who made my cake I, just made a Hamilton cake. Oh, really? Just made a Hamilton yes. cake? Yes. I told her all like it was like two... Uh, like long, short like long duration, yeah, short notice, so we couldn't do that. There is another time, you know, like next yeah. time. So I made like uh, a nice one for her birthday. It was good. We had fun. We watched lots and lots of uh, old movies. We watched. Uh, she was trying to convince me to watch some movies that I've not, that I missed in the eighties. We watched the movie called uh, The Killing Fields. Um. It's a 1984 movie happening during the, the aftermath of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. And it was brutal. Like, and it was brutal, but like cinematography in this movie, like that happened 36 years ago, was phenomenal. And we also watched Missing, the 1982 movie starring Jack Lemmon and C.C. Spacek about the disappearance of uh, journalist uh, John Shea during the 1973 Chilean uh, coup d'etat. So both of them are real, uh, real stories, uh, true stories. Um, and about what we're talking about, like one of them in Cambodia about abuse of power and the other one about um, the American help to to overthrow the, the government in Chile in, uh, in the 70s. So, so so much interesting stuff in history. Yeah, so much interesting stuff in history. Also, staying on, on topic of books, I don't know if you guys saw our tweet about uh, books of blood being made by Hulu. Yeah. That poster... Oh, yeah, that poster's really good. That poster is like, I, I mean, it's pushing. I don't know if it's there because my number one poster as far as like horror film genre or horror genre it goes is Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. But that poster is like really close to knocking it out of place. Yeah, it's 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 bad. seamless. It's, a, it's a seamless, such the, a creepy the, poster. The editing is so well done. It astounds me how many times I see large printed graphics, and I'm like, "Who did you hire to do that?" This is so well done. You can zoom in on it, and you can 
the seamless transition from paper to skin. Yeah. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you check that out. It's on our Twitter. We, uh, I think we put it up like two days ago. Uh, it, it's it's an awesome poster. And if you haven't already, make sure you give us a follow at M Report Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Minorities Report Film on Facebook. And before we get into it, I know we usually, if we have many reviews, we pop them in before we start the full length, the, 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 the depth of the show. But we decided to switch it up today. We're going to be putting our mini reviews at the end. So. Blim blam. Blim blam. So if you're interested in listening to our mini reviews on Ted Lasso and Lovecraft Country, stick around at the end. Ted Lasso is the, the new show from Apple TV Plus from Jason Sudeikis. Uh, he's playing a small-time college uh, football coach from Kansas, hired to coach professional soccer team in England despite having no experience <laughs> coaching soccer, or really having no knowledge of soccer. Um, so, yeah. And then Lovecraft Country is a new show dropping on HBO uh, by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot, and also from Jordan Peele. It's dropping on HBO, like I said, this Sunday. So, again, if you're interested, which you really should be interested in, in these shows, make sure you stick around towards the end of the show when we talk about our non-spoiler thoughts on both Ted Lasso and Lovecraft Country dropping this weekend. First up on the report, the news. Shama. Martin Scorsese has just signed a multi-year first look deal for movies and TV shows that he would produce and direct for Apple TV+. As we all know, he was supposed to start filming Killers of the Flower Moon four months ago, but because of COVID, it's pushed to February 2021. Mm -hmm. This movie will be the first project under the new deal with Apple TV+, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Paramount is still releasing the movie in theaters, but Apple is producing the movie entirely. Mm. It's really interesting because after what happened with Netflix, lots of people thought that he will sign the deal with Netflix first. Sure. But apparently, this, um, uh, but apparently, Netflix did not make that much money they wanted, and they did not get Best Picture, which they were uh, anticipating from this movie. Of course not. Apple TV Plus, um, I feel it's a um, it's a very good fit with Scorsese and with this movie. What do you think? I think, if I'm being honest, it's so hard for me to get excited about more Scorsese movies. That being said, I love Leo DiCaprio. I but I I understand why Apple jumped on this opportunity. Same reason Netflix jumped up on the opportunity for The Irishman. It's an opportunity to get another major director and another chance at getting some kind of nomination. Yeah, for sure. Scorsese, his name alone gets nominated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should not be a thing. I know, but it is a thing, unfortunately. It's uh, just like I think of a trust, you know, like when you know, like that guy. Every known director that like no no no, 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 no you don't no, 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 you, you don't watch you don't, the film first yeah, you don't and give, then you decide you don't give nominations based on history you give no. nominations based on present and what yes. what you have been presented uh, no, no, I, I don't say that the Oscars every time they give it to him like, they give him like nomination like uh, no, silence no. silence wasn't nominated and he, it was his movie uh, which is interesting silence I think didn't get nominated because it was so controversial but I think that was a tough movie for me to watch. It's too long. If it hadn't been so long, I think it would be better. But I think also it's too controversial for the t- for that time. And I think I think I, I feel like a lot of people are are a little more hesitant when it comes to like, especially religiously controversial films. Yeah. Right. So, um, but 
I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for him. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Apple's a great fit, especially when, you know, he's probably going to drop $400 million making this movie. <laughs> now, I think it's $180 million. I think they announced like, the budget is $180 million. Not the aging? So, no, the aging. No, the aging. Leonardo not... DiCaprio, like, he's not. Ah, no, you got to make Leonardo DiCaprio look like he's 15. He's just, wow. Uh, <laughs> next up, Robert Pattinson. You know him as Batman. Uh, you don't love him yet because we haven't seen him as Batman. Uh, but we he announced this week on the Irish Times that he had to lie to Christopher Nolan while filming Tenet so that he can go do a test screen for Matt Reeves' Batman. The quote says, um, I said I had a family emergency, and as soon as I said it's a family emergency, Chris looked at me and said, you're doing a Batman audition, aren't you? Rob Pan's a pretty good, pretty good actor. Not good enough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a good actor. Like he can both like better. And also, it's interesting because both movies are are produced by Warner Brothers. So he knows uh, that definitely, definitely, Chris will know that. You know, and not not because like Chris directed like the Batman trilogy, but like because of it's Warner Brothers. You know, but it's it's funny. Like I I find like it's nice. Like you're especially that like um, um, Christopher Nolan keeps everything under wraps. So so. Robert Pattinson can tell him, oh, I would like to keep the Batman news under wraps. So that's why I didn't announce, you know, like he can use any other kind of lies. But it's it's interesting. And from a DC Batman movie to Marvel movie, Captain Marvel 2 finally has found its director. Nea Da Costa, the one that helped the highly anticipated movie Candyman that we didn't see yet, has signed for Marvel to direct the sequel. I always find it interesting when, you know, lesser known directors get tasked with a massive movie when they have a movie that has not released yet. Because that tells me somebody knows something I'm not aware of. And more than likely, that project that's coming out is probably really good. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I believe that like either like Kevin Feige saw the movie, saw Candyman, and they, they, they believe in Nia Costa, or, or her movie Little Woods like impressed them that uh, that she can do that. Also, it's, it's great that now like we will have... Uh, a young female black director helming a big production like that. That's really, really good. And she is talented, so she, she will do a good job, for, especially that like they hired her for that. Everybody was excited when Captain Marvel was announced, the first one, that it would be directed by a female director. And then before before production starts, they added the male director with her, so it was held between both of them. And I think this affected the movie badly that we, we can see that the action scenes has some flaws because of different perspective. I I hope in this movie we'll see a better outcome. Yeah, but Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who directed the first one, they had worked previously together. Yeah, but they were supposed to be writing the movie together and she was supposed to be directing only by herself. Hmm. That's what I, I remember. But here, um, and it's the, I believe Captain Marvel had good premise, but uh, the execution was really bad in lots of... Uh, Lots of scenes. There were several areas yeah. that, that, that lacked. It's interesting, though, that they didn't bring Ryan Flecker and about him back at all, not even to write. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, I think the trailer for Candyman is spectacular. Um, I'm really excited for it. I do think I, I, I the trailer feels a lot Jordan Peele. So I'm curious to know how, how much of Nia DaCosta is going to come through. And I, I still need to watch Little Woods. Uh, I, I'm guilty of not watching that yet. Uh, but I, I know it's gotten very mixed reviews. Um, congrats to Nita Costa. 
that is fantastic. And this is a massive, massive, massive movie that I hope she nails because I really love the character of Captain Marvel. We all do. More bit of Disney news. Mulan has been approved for theatrical release in China. Disney announced the forthcoming Mulan theatrical release in China on the country's popular social media page, Weibo. Weibo? Weibo. Weibo. Which is essentially their version of Twitter. In a post on the site, they announced the movie's imminent theatrical release in the style of the original ballad where Mulan's story comes from. Shama, you read us this, this, this lovely ballad. Yeah. The translation says, When the magnolia blossom opens, it lives up to its reputation and arrives as promised. Mulan's import is confirmed and it will soon burst into bloom in theaters. Looking forward to meeting you. Or you can just say what Mulan's dad said, which is the flower that blooms in adversity is the most beautiful of all. That would have been better. That would have been better, yeah. But that was uh, Variety's translation of it. I love that line. I feel like most girls know that line because it's like everybody wishes their dad would say that. Even more Disney news. Jared Leto will be starring in the new Tron sequel which is rumored to be named Tron Heirs, upon a deleted tweet from Jared's account. It was interesting when Disney announced before opening Shanghai Disneyland in 2016 that they are building a Tron roller coaster. That was six years after their last Tron sequel, Tron Legacy, in 2010. And everybody was asking, is there a new Tron movie? Disney did not enclose or disclose or say anything happening after that. Then when Disney announced that they are opening or they are building a new Tron roller coaster, the, the same one to resemble what they built in Shanghai Disneyland. In Magic Kingdom, at Walt Disney World, the question was brought into attention again. Alan Bergman and Alan Horn in one of the press events, they said there is always a chance for a sequel or a, or a, a third Tron. So this is interesting, because till this moment, there is no confirmed news from Disney executives that it's greenlit but jared Leto tweeted about it gareth davis the director from lion he mentioned it in one interview that he pitched uh, an idea to disney about a new tron movie and they loved it and jared confirmed that this movie is for the one from gareth davis so this is interesting to know that gareth he's he's commonly known from lion and lion is all the way different from Tron. So we don't know what idea was that great that Disney loved his pitch and what's interesting in it. Um, It's just like exciting and interesting to know how it will go. It's very different. Not only Lion, but right after Lion, he did Mary Magdalene. Oh. Yeah, with Rooney Mara. And uh, And Joaquin Phoenix. which, Which feels, yes, which looks similar to Lion. So it's, it, feel, it still feels in his comfort zone. Tron, Tron feels like such a leap, such a departure from Lion and Mary Magdalene that like it makes you, it genuinely makes you wonder how good this pitch was mm-hmm. for them to entrust, you know, something like Tron. Yeah, but my point is, who is Tron for? Like, as you know, like, I understand, like, sometimes you create a movie, uh, but you, you will have an idea who's your audience at this moment, you know? 
Are you looking for the teenagers that were, um, or like early 20s that saw the movie in 2010 or that saw the, the original in the, the 80s or, or an idea that would be appealing for everyone? Jared Leto, I don't, personally, I don't believe that he has that wide um, array of fans. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if he's, if he's the good fit for the character, for the, for the movie. Are they continuing? Because like they can still bring, I forgot his name, the guy that uh, played Tron Legacy. Um, I don't know what the movie will be about. It's just like exciting to, to know a, a big company like Disney is planning to release something that we don't know. Who is it for? Uh, how it will work? And um, what's the idea about? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jared Leto feels like such an... Yeah, it, it, right at this present moment, like he has the star power enough to carry a, a, a Tron film. Hopefully he brings Rooney Mara in it. I don't know. I just love Rooney Mara and everything. And she's been working with in every film since Lion. Oh, with him, yeah. With him, yeah. He's working on... She's, she's worked on Lion, Mary Magdalene, his next upcoming film, uh, a house in the sky or something like that, and I hope he adds her to this one because such nice. A, yeah, and her performance in line was really, really good. Oh, his his she's, performance is great. She's right. Yeah, she's the girl. <laughs> she's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, now we're moving into, you know, what everybody's talking about. Peacock. Peacock. All the Peacock news. <laughs> a new Peacock original has been announced. Grammy Award winner and Broadway star Sarah Bareilles, who, of course. We remember from our Little Voice review. The lovely Little She's Voice. She's the co-creator of Little Voice, the lovely Apple TV Plus show. Um, she set to headline the comedy from Tina Fey, entitled Girls Five Ever? Girls Fever? Yes. Girls Fiber? Shama and I are of the belief <laughs> that it's Girls Five Ever, and it's a play on Girls like Forever. Yeah, but there's five of them. Yes, yeah, so it's just so like a play five on. Ever. Yes, yeah, so I think I it's just a play on words. I think it's a bad play on words. I, if that I think is it, the case. Yeah, they could have. I feel like they could have come up with something a little less juvenile. Yes. Yeah. Um. Unless you're appealing it's to the like, younger crowd, but Tina Fey never is appealing to the younger crowd. So I, just, I just don't know. I, and it's a '90s group, girl group, so I think it's not. It's not for the younger crowd. <laughs> this. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's from Tina Fey, Robert Carlock, and Meredith Gardino. Borellis is going to star as Dawn, former member of the short-lived 90s girl group. I'm guessing short-lived because no one could pronounce the name. Um, who is now a bit restless in life, managing her family's small Italian restaurant in Queens. When the opportunity arises, Dawn reluctantly gets the band back together for a girls' five-ever reunion. And it might just be exactly what she needed. And I'm guessing Sarah Bareilles going to write some original music for it. Yeah. I, I would expect no, nothing I, less yeah, me too. than original music from Sarah Bareilles, just like she did for Little Voice. I'm so excited for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Little Voice is what got her this gig. Hmm. Another Peacock original, the Matt Gruber, the 2010 action comedy called Classic has been picked up by them, but not to be a sequel for the movie. They decided to make it a TV series. Eight half-hour episodes. They're bringing Will Forte back to reprise his role, and he will serve as writer and executive producer alongside Jorma Taconi, who also returns to direct the series. Mm. The synopsis, as Peacock released it, 
After rotting in prison for over a decade, America's ultimate hero and uber-patriot, MacGruber, is finally released. His mission is to take down a mysterious villain from his past, Brigadier Commander Enos Queeth. With the entire world in crosshairs, MacGruber must race against time to defeat the forces of evil, only to find that evil may be lurking within. Good grief. Yeah. Well, there's so much I want to tear apart he is from that synopsis. An Uber Patriot, but also Yeah, one Uber Patriot. What does that mean? <laughs> and then, like, I feel like you could pluck this synopsis out, change a few of the words, and it could be a synopsis for um Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they would definitely pick a different name than Brigadier Commander Eno Squeeze. Yeah. That feels like it fits in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Commander Eno Squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, no, I know people have been dying for a sequel to MacGruber for a long time. And I, I think this is a smart move because it's going to get a lot of people that like are hesitant to give Peacock a chance on board with, with trying it out um, because th- this is where you're going to be able to get what you've been waiting for only on Peacock. And like we said, we are in the Peacock segment. Another bit, no, another original they picked up is comedy Rutherford Falls from Michael Schur at Helms and Sierra Teller Ornelas. For that one, the synopsis is a small town in upstate New York and the native American reservation at borders are turned upside down when local legend and town namesake Nathan Rutherford, played by Ed Helms, fights the moving of a historical statue. Interesting. Relevant. Mm-hmm. So, clearly Peacock making moves to get... They're, they're doing the the Netflix moves right now. Yeah. We gotta, get, we gotta get originals from everywhere. Originals from everywhere, everything, everywhere. in every aspect, and every genre. Everybody. But that's it for the Peacock news. Last week, it was announced that Antebellum the highly anticipated horror starring Janelle Monet will unfortunately no longer be getting a theatrical release. Instead, Lionsgate has opted for a PVOD release, which is sad, because like I, I believe that this movie should have been seen on the big screen, should have been seen in Dolby or PLF or premium format, like something huge, but it's understandable. It's another horror that the fans will will lose their mind about and uh, it's not easy for 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 the for the company to to survive and it's not easy for the filmmakers not to see their film on the big screen but uh, it is what it is yeah i feel like it's 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 tough and and staying on topic run which is a new movie by director by the director of searching anish shiganti which is starring sarah paulson has been acquired by hulu from lionsgate to stream this fall, which clearly is a double whammy from Lionsgate on back-to-back weeks. This deal, though, unlike the Adabellum one, is strictly domestic. As we know, Hulu is not available abroad, so from what we can tell, the film's still getting a theatrical release internationally unless they decide to opt for PVOD. And somehow I feel like this is not going to be the last bit of major announcements we get for Lionsgate or any other uh, any other studio for that matter about changes in their release slate, uh, at least for 2020. Um, but at least we are sure that like some movies 
are coming in theaters. Yeah, but like it's it, it, it's interesting though because like it, like for example, Shama, Antebellum, Run. Mm-hmm. Are these movies you'd rather they had pushed to next year? Uh, no, I'd rather like watching them now. I think I'd rather watch them now. And I think it's a smart move. Like, yes, horror movies are like it, it, horror movies. You need to experience in a crowd, but it's not to the degree of Halloween Kills, which is like a massive uh, franchise. Yeah, right. Antebellum Run. These are two new things, um, and and people are needing content. Lionsgate is trying to one make some kind of income, and two give audiences content to watch so that they can stay relevant and they can stay afloat. I understand that if it, if they did it like two months ago and if they are releasing the movie this week or something. Sure, sure, sure. But m- m- the big studios has already greenlit the, the movie theaters to put tickets on sale for movies that are That's playing and the last week of August and September. Like the New Mutants is confirmed to be playing at Cinemark, AMC and Regal and the tickets will be on sale for everyone next week. So Unhinged will be on sale. Um, Tenet, of course, we are waiting for this movie, which is confirmed to be opening worldwide on August 27th and in the U.S. on September 3rd. So movie theaters are opening. It's final. So I thought, like, at least, at least they should have put Antebellum for, like, three weeks. The the 17-days deal that, like, AMC did with Universal, which I still believe it's it's a way or another of changing the industry, Oh, but yes. we talked about before, and we will talk about again later. But it it gives the chance of seeing it on the big screen. But we have, understand. We have to acknowledge this. It's not like the Mulan movies. Oh yes, and yes. Bellum and Ron are not on the same level of like Mulan, the low blow that Mulan felt. Um, but ultimately, we don't. Maybe it's the filmmaker saying, "You know what? I don't want to contribute to the possibility of uh, COVID rising even more by making you put my movie in theaters." So, That's what Jared Bush said, the, the director of Antebellum, like yeah. that he that the the safety of the, of the audience is more important, and they are still making money. So, so it's it, it, it's interesting. We're gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here moving forward. This is a, a, a crazy year. Last up on the news, in a recent interview after winning an Emmy, the legend Alan Menken had a little slip of the tongue. He mentioned that he's working on new songs for Luke Evans and Josh Gad. The EGOT. That he got one of the 17. Yeah. Of course, we already knew that the prequel to Beauty and the Beast about Gaston and LeFou will be coming as a series on Disney+. Plus. What he let slip is the title of the series, which is so far had been kept under wraps. Apparently, it's so simple and it will be called Little Town. Little Town. It's a quiet village. <laughs> That's so good. Like, it's it's a simple simple name, but like it's it's the first song in the movie. The first uh, uh, two song. words Bell says, so it makes sense that uh, it's all about Gaston and Lufu. So it's about the town. It's about them and the war be, be, before what happened in the Beauty and the Beast. So it's I think it's a good choice. Cool, and that's all we got for the news. Next up on the report. Trailers. It's a big week for trailers, guys. Oh, some some awesome, awesome ones that dropped. First up, Judas and the Black Messiah. The story of Fred Hampton, chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, and his fateful betrayal by FBI informant William O'Neill. 
It's written and directed by Shaka King and produced by Ryan Coogler. And it is starring Daniel Kaluuya, who is going for his Oscar now. Again. Again. Lakeith Stanfield, Martin Sheen, Lil Rel Howery, and Jesse Plemons. This trailer is so good. I mean, it, it's masterful. Like, they played not only with visuals, with moments. They didn't, they revealed just enough, but they played with sound. They played with the audio. They, they like, it, 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 it like, it raises your blood pressure watching this trailer. And, and it's exactly what it's trying to accomplish, yeah. which is like, this is going to be an experience. And I love how they play with the lines that, you know, that, that I am, you know, I am. A revolutionary, you know, like, and they repeat it over and over and oh, and it's shaking like, my heart. Yes, and it just like gets you, and then they're just showing you all these images of the revolution, you know, that was occurring, and it, it, it's so relevant to right now. And like, it's it it's incredible trailer. Okay. I've seen it like five times. I loved the trailer. I didn't know anything about Fred Hampton before Man. that. It made me like I'll read like quickly about it, and I'm interesting you know, on knowing more. Daniel Kaluuya looks like he's doing a great job. Oh. Like he's Stanfield. Jesse Lemons, like he looks amazing. Like he reminds me of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like it, it, the whole trailer, like uh, it's it, it's so good. I cannot wait for this movie. I, I'm really in, I really enjoyed the trailer too. I watched it a couple of times. Um, I didn't do any research about it, but I'm excited to learn from it. Yeah, I'm really excited to learn from it. Another movie starring Jesse Plemons is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's an interesting title. Yeah. 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 Full. So the synopsis is full of misgivings. A young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she taught. Well, she thought she knew about him and herself. And it is based on the acclaimed novel. <laughs> with the same name. This is weird. And it's based on the acclaimed novel by the same name. It's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who was returning after his last movie was Anomalisa. Which is very odd. Yeah. Uh, it's starring Jesse Buckley, like we said, Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, and Ramus Lupin himself, David Thulis. David Thulis. David Thulis. This is a great cast, like... Tony Collette, after Hereditary and what, what she showed us that she can do, and the way here she's laughing in this movie, so creepy in this trailer, you know. Jesse Buckley, after what she did in Wild Rose, she is a great actress. Yeah. And in Judy, she was amazing. So I cannot wait for this movie. It's coming on Netflix soon. I'm excited about it, but I'm also like, is it going to come across to whatever it's trying to say? Because you can tell from the trailer, it takes some, I hate using this word, art, uh, um, creative freedoms. Yeah. Creative freedoms that, that Mm. go really far. Um, and it's one of those, it's one of those films, like at least from the trailer, it doesn't seem linear. And sometimes with films that are not linear, audiences get confused yeah so i don't know could it be good yeah but it's gonna have to be really good 
in order for people to understand it. You're just going to get the people who are like, I didn't really understand it. I thought it was weird. And then you're going to get the people who are like, I didn't understand it, but it's hard. So I just, I so Charlie Kaufman wrote eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Mm-hmm. I love this movie, which it has a lot of these weird elements. I feel like this is, you know, he's taking what he worked on, on eternal sunshine and he's like taking it to another level, which like could just, like you said, just confuse the audience too much. I'm a little worried towards the end of the trailer. It gets a, a lot out there. It starts a little out there and it gets a lot out there. But the thing about eternal sunshine of a spotless mind is it's more like a, like a normal story with sci-fi elements. Sure. Like there are things in this world that you're able to do that you're not able to do in the world we this live in. This is more of a psychological horror. Yeah, well, yeah, it's more psychological and it's more fantasy. It's like, it's not just like science and explaining that you can go to this place and have your memories erased or whatever. It's, it's something bigger than that. And it's got a lot of moving parts. So not only does the story have to be good, but the world has to be well thought out. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I think, I think though the trailer much like Judas and the black Messiah does what it's trying to do really, really well. It plays with visuals really well. It plays with audio. Uh, it plays with like, you know, the repeating theme of her saying, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, and it plays with like perception. It plays with the time and it really, it plays with like the, the noise increasing the, the, the track, the, the score they put on the trailer. It's getting louder and louder and louder. The visual of the dog shaking. That freaks me out. It's, it's so it, it really, really messes with you. I, again, I think it goes a little out to like, there's a part where they show like a cartoon, like inviting her. And I'm just yeah. like, ah, that's a little odd, but I, I think it does what it's trying to accomplish really well overall. Uh, and I'm excited to watch this. Me too. Me too. I'm so excited. Last trailer we're talking about is a new Netflix f- series. I almost said film, but it's not a film. It's a series called Away. An American astronaut struggles with leaving her husband and daughter behind to embark on a dangerous mission with an international space crew. And it is starring Hilary Swank. Um, it's another space yeah. you know, thing. We've been seeing a lot of those. Um, yeah, but space is such a beautiful environment for conflict and yeah. struggle, which is I, why I feel like a no, lot I'm of mad about gravitate it. to it. I'm not, ba- I'm not mad about it, but it's it, it, we've been seeing a lot of it. Um, Hilary Swank, obviously a very talented actress. Um, that The trailer is very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of very emotional moments, uh, a lot of conflict, a lot of like in, internal struggle um they're traveling to mars and i guess she's, she's gone for a few years um so it struggles with like the family dynamics of like what that looks like what that means not only like it's not like the military where it's just like well, i guess it is like they're going out there you, you they have a certain amount of time and like you're worried they may not come back yeah and it's yeah. the same way so it's 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 very very interesting um yeah i i enjoy the trail overall me too. I enjoyed the trailer, but um, I'm concerned about like how long will be the series for? Like, what what's what, what's the twist about? Uh, yeah, can they carry it, it for that long? Yeah, is exactly. It that kind of story because yeah. it feels like it's got a great plot for mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, for a movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why I thought it was a movie. Cause me I too. Like, I was like, oh. and then it was like serious. I was like, oh, okay. I did get emotional during the trailer though, but Shama, I I agree with you. 
And that's it for trailers today, guys. Last up on the report, we got previews, aka what's coming this week, aka not aka. Also, mini reviews. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we're doing mini reviews for Ted Lasso and Lovecraft Country. First up, Ted Lasso, again starring Jason Sudeikis. He plays Ted Lasso, a small-time college football coach from Kansas, hired to coach a professional soccer team in England, despite having no experience coaching soccer. The series is developed by Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Joe Kelly, and Brendan Hunt, and is based on the pre-existing format and characters from Commercials in NBC Sports, right? Yeah, which was so interesting. Yeah, he they, he he was he did a he did a couple of commercials. Yeah, for NBC Sports, playing this odd character, odd coach, and he decided to to, to craft a show out of it. Which is so weird that like Peacock did not pick this up. Yeah, and like it was produced by Warner Brothers for Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So, which is like, mm, that's in like why why you guys didn't do it for yourself, especially like. When NBC acquired the, the rights for the Premier League uh, in the U.S. and they had Jason Sudeikis doing this role for the commercials and it, they were so successful. And when they announced that they, it would be a TV show, um, this is really weird. But overall, I really did enjoy the show. Yeah, It's comedic. It has like depth in relationship between... Um, it shows you power in a comedic way, abuse of power in a comedic way. Teamwork in a comedic way, like um, sadness in in sometimes giving chances mm-hmm. cannot happen because of perceptions. So that we need to change our perception and listen to the others first before we we judge and decide. It also deals with like the the power of positivity, yes, optimism and kindness. Um, it all and it has you know I I wasn't I'll be honest I wasn't. Super excited. I, I felt so. Uh, I, yeah, I, I wasn't super to excited to watch this. Um, I'm not a soccer fan. No, I, I just I just don't watch it. Um, so I was like, ah, like if it had been American football, perhaps I would have been a little more excited. But it wasn't, and so I was I was very on the fence. Like I, I literally, you know, I literally waited till this week to to give it a chance, and I was pleasantly surprised uh the show looks great sudeikis is so funny i think his character is a little over the top at points to the point where like uh, there's a couple of moments where it just feels a little unrealistic Unrealistic. i think it's intentional to be that cheesy with the accent and with the attitude but it's no no the accent doesn't bother me it's the the energetic optimism that i think it's like you know there's a level that i'm like this makes sense. And then there's like moments where it's just like too much, um, too much optimism, too much social unawareness. Yes. Right? yes. Um, read the room. <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, read the room. Um, but it's, it's very heartwarming. Um, surprise. It, it, the, the characters in the show have su- surprising depth to them. Um, <clears throat> and seeing his relationship with not only his boss and, the soccer players that he's coaching, which clearly have a hard time accepting a coach who has, has knows nothing about soccer. Um, and the fans. On, on top of that, he has to deal with the town yeah. who are massive. I mean, think Friday Night Lights, you know, Texas, 
huge, you know, uh, American football fans, the town, all that's all they do every Friday. They go to, to see the football game. That's this town. They are massive fans, and this is a huge Premier League uh, team. And so it's a very big deal. So he's trying to, to, to jumble this on top of that, the stresses of his own life. Um, so it's 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 a, a really, really, really fun, cute show. I really enjoyed Yesterday, uh, I was working, and I was walking around the house and doing a bunch of things, and I kept stopping because Raul was watching the show, and I kept being like – because listening to the audio, it sounds a bit silly, kind of yeah. like The Office or something. But when you like – there's so much visual stuff, which is good storytelling. Yeah. Um, when I looked at the screen, I was like, oh, that's what's happening? That's really interesting. Ooh, I really like what that character just did. And I would just like pause. I'm like holding the laundry basket. Yeah. And I'm just standing there. And it's like, oh, what was I doing? Yeah. So it's really intriguing. I like it. Yeah. It's really, uh, really intriguing. Unfortunately, I feel it's a show not a lot of people are giving, going to give an opportunity to. First off, not a lot of people are jumping on the Apple TV Plus bandwagon. Um, Apple TV Plus is putting on really good content, guys. So, like, give it a shot. Like, there's a lot of great shows on Apple TV Plus. That being said, even the people that have Apple TV Plus are going to be, as I was, reluctant to give this show a shot. But trust me, you should. Um, if you know, it's it's comedic, but it's also heartwarming. It deals with family issues. It deals with you know interpersonal issues. It deals with relationship issues. It deal it deals with like building trust, um, leadership. Uh, it has great, great, great moments of leadership and entrusting. It's seeing leadership and potential in other people. It, it, the show deals with so many different topics, and the episodes are only 30 minutes long, but like it handles it all. It, none of it feels rushed. It all feels really, really good. And it, ultimately, you just feel good at the end of the episode, and you feel like watching another one. So, yeah, it's really, um, as you said, lots of people will not give it a chance. Yeah. Unless word of mouth will, will spread and tell them, please watch it. Yeah. And that's like you guys are listening to us now. Give it a shot. That's it's right. dropping on Friday. The first three episodes. Give it a shot and watch it, please. Yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely. And once the the entire series drops, we'll be giving our rating probably on Instagram and Twitter. So keep an eye out for that for the entire series. I don't want to give ratings for what we've seen so far because like we haven't finished the season. Yeah. So I want to give my ratings after. Uh, or, I don't want to give my ratings right now because the entire season is not dropped, so I don't want to give people a perception of the entire season. Um, so just yeah, keep an eye out for that on our social media pages to get our, our ratings on those moving forward. But thumbs up from all of us? Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Moving on. Lovecraft Country, which is a new drama series dropping on HBO. It's based on the 2016 novel by Matt Ruff of the same name. The series follows Atticus, which Atticus is a freaking awesome name, by the way. Great. <laughs> Atticus Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors, as he joins up with his friend, Letitia, played by Jernace Malay Bell, and his uncle George, Courtney B. Vance, to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America. In search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft. 
paperback. It is executive produced by Misha Green, who also serves as showrunner, and it is also executive produced by J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. Man, what a great, phenomenal show from the beginning. Like, so seeing the trailer, I thought this show is definitely about, like, um, some racism in the 50s and uh, some aspect of horror. I did not anticipate what I've seen. Yeah. Mixing the Lovecraft novels and myths and mysteries and thriller and horror stories with other cult classics like like mentioning Dracula, Count de Monte Cristo, in in with lifetime real stories that happen to the black community mm-hmm. and the Jim Crow's America and the and the laws and like the sundown counties and the sundown, sundown towns and what's going on was phenomenal. Unfortunately, I wasn't aware of that book, Lovecraft's Country, when it was released in 2016. Neither was I. Huh? But it was appealing definitely to Misha Green uh, that like she started working on the show without like having anything assigned to her. And then Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams' involvement and the way the show is getting run and getting uh, everything between like cinematography and between like using of, of soundtracks from the future and the, and the past and poems and songs from the 70s and the 60s and the speeches from for, for big names in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the community. Yeah. The voiceover speeches are used Vo- so well. Great choices, great usage. Um, it's so intriguing. Like I was on the edge of the of my couch watching it, like 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 seeing like the movies and something I've never seen before. I've never seen these things mixed together to 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 make us involved. I agree. It's very creative. Um, I have two things I want to say about it that has not already said. The acting oh, is phenomenal. <laughs> it like everything is pretty good. I feel like. I feel like the suspense is not all the way there, but the emotion that I get from the characters takes the suspense and the stakes to a new level because you're seeing how it affects them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and then the other thing, um, being a white woman, I have no problem relating to the main black female character. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Her performance. Very well. Very, very excellent. Yeah. She's great casting. Yeah. Um, this show, I, I don't know. I can't say what I was expecting going into it. Mm-hmm. But I can say that I wasn't expecting this. Okay, mm-hmm. I was so pleasantly surprised at how they handle the, the topics. And, yes. how they, and how they handle yeah. history and how they're able to mend mm-hmm. and atone right? mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Like what we know has actually happened. You know they're traveling. They're kind of, and it's and it's and it's so cool. Like seeing like, you know, this is the same time that the Green Book is being created, mm-hmm. and so it's so interesting seeing that coming to play and how that works. Seeing these characters, you know, traverse through you know Jim Crow era America, and like I feel like it's a history lesson and a literature lesson, yes. <laughs> like. And it, it blends the two so well to, again, a, like make some kind of a correction or atonement for like real stories in the past. And it's blending those, you know, uh, Lovecraft, who's like, you know, uh, 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 accepted as like the father of modern day horror, you know, seeing his 
who also is known to be a racist, <laughs> um, you know, seeing his stories being used used to like to like do to like atone for like for like these stories that are horrific in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's it's so cool. The visuals are fantastic, and the way that they bring up these topics is either through parallel just um, circumstances or using things practically in the story to spark natural conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing feels forced. Yeah. No, the, the, the writing is excellent. The writing is really, really good. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's, there are moments like there, there's a, a moment in the first episode that is so intense and it has nothing supernatural about it, but it is so intense that I, I was holding my breath through parts of it and sitting on the edge of my seat. Cause it was, it was just like, wow. Yeah. M- m- for me, the most suspenseful moment so far is in the, the second episode. And it's so good. Yeah. As you said, like the blend between emotions, history, education, literature, fixing the tragic endings that happened in real life and make it ending correctly, even fictional, like on, on the screen, mm-hmm giving the rights for things that should have never been done in this way. Mm. And also like the usage of modern music, modern songs. You yeah. can you can listen to songs like from the few you get Misha Green, she loves Indiana Jones and the Goonies. And she said in one of the interviews how she used this in some of the episodes. And you can see clearly in one of the episodes, you said, oh my God, is this like reprising something from, from the Goonies or Indiana Jones? She used this That's so cool. to reach a point to end something in one of the biggest thrilling stories in, in, in Lovecraft. So it's a blend of things that we have never seen before. Yeah. So exciting, so intriguing. It has to be watched. Yeah, Desiree made a great point when we watched it. She compared it to Supernatural. Yeah, the show Supernatural was you know had ran for thirty seven seasons, um, and I agree. It, it 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 has very similar elements to the storytelling style similar rhythm. Yeah. yeah, the the style of storytelling from uh, that like episodic style of of Supernatural, but I, I I say it's like a blend of like Supernatural and the but the feel of Lost. Right, mm-hmm. um, Sean. When we had first talked about it, I know you had said you felt more influence from Jordan Peele. I disagree. I think yeah. I more influence from JJ Abrams. I, I agree. Um, it feels and like we know that JJ Abrams has has helmed massive pride. You know, has has already executive produced many massive TV shows in the past, and this just feels like it's like it feels like a JJ Abrams show. Um, it's it, it, it's. I do. I will say. I don't know if I'm going to say this, but you tell me. I do think it needs more Jordan Peele. It is. That's what I was about to say. It it doesn't have enough I said, of that of that uh, suspense, suspense and creepy Creepiness, imagery. Yes, I agree. It doesn't have enough, but I feel like the beast needs yeah. the beast of this project needs JJ Abrams. Yes, absolutely. It starts. It starts more of of JJ Abrams production, JJ Abrams vision. And then when it goes more into creepy and scary and horror, you can see the Jordan Peele. That's why I said like it's a blend between both. But just like to give credit, it's a it's more of Misha Green's vision. Misha Green, absolutely. Yeah, you can say like yeah, you can see like production from from both companies because it, the, the, the Bad Robot and the Jordan Peele's company are producing, so you can see the, their props and their things in there and their vision. 
but it's more of her combined vision and she has a great uh, vision and she has great lines that she really wrote in this show yeah it is an excellent show guys i again like apple tv plus i know not everybody has access to hbo um and, and and the people that don't often waited for like a new season of like game of thrones to drop to then get it for a month or two and then watch binge watch it and then you know cancel the subscription um this one totally worth it lovecraft country uh 100 should be watched and i i, I think it's really really going to pick up and blow up it will uh, we're going to hear a lot a lot a lot of chatter about this show um especially about the potential of like you know of like this kind of universe like it's so 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 interesting it's so it's 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 a visionary show mm-hmm. and so i it's fresh. It's oh yeah, and I'm so excited for people to watch this. People should 100% watch this. You you're gonna enjoy. And Desiree's not a horror fan, and she's been able to to watch it just fine. So far, so far. So uh, take us on that much. But um, again, Lovecraft Country that comes out this Sunday, HBO and HBO Max. Um, Ted Lasso. This Friday, the 14th. So Friday, the 14th, Ted Lasso, Apple TV Plus, Lovecraft Country, Sunday, the 16th, HBO, HBO Max. Give both of those a watch, guys, for real. Lovecraft Country will be one episode every week, every Sunday. Ted Lasso will be dropping the first three episodes on Friday, and then every week, every Friday, one episode. One episode, yeah. Then lastly on the previews for Netflix... Project Power is dropping this Friday the 14th, again on Netflix. It's starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We have not gotten a chance to watch that yet, but you know, because of the star power behind it, it's getting a lot, a lot, a lot of buzz. So Project Power, when a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets in of New Orleans, a teenager... Oh, a teenage dealer and a local cop must team with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. So that's dropping this, again, this Friday, the 14th, same day as Ted Lasso on Netflix. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for our show this week. Hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we did making it. Make sure you get at us on all the socials. M Report Pod, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you leave us a review on Apple. Uh, that helps us a lot. Go ahead and click the stars. Let us know what you're thinking. If you don't got time to write a review, just click on the stars. You know, five stars preferred, obviously, but like leave us your thoughts. If you have time, go ahead and type a review. Let us know. That helps us a lot. Helps us improve the show. It helps us uh, know what people are enjoying, know what people are digging, so we can give you more of that. Guys, where can people find you? You can find me at Mohamed Sharma on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Ezerphoto, E-Z-E-R, on Instagram. And you can find me, like I said, at M Report Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Minority Report Film on Facebook. Hey, be a part of the show. If you got a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.